This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to the... Campaign <laughs> session. You got this. You got this. Minus out for this. You got to write minus one. Uh, oh, he's got a chalk. Not quite. Oh, no. this, is, this is deeply unprofessional. Uh, we zero. We were talking about ether. how to intro it, and you were like, "Okay, I got it." And, and then we launched in. <laughs> well, here's the meta thing about it: is I was like, "If I fuck it up, it'll be funny." So I'll just I'll go in with nothing. <laughs> and I'll come out with nothing and it'll yeah. be fine. I love that. Don't that is it. like that is like confidence. <laughs> that's that's that comedy classic though. When in doubt, just fall down some steps. It's there always funny. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh so uh, th- this is not quite uh session zero. Uh the gang does not have uh their characters prepped yet, but I figured mm-hmm. we would do Or a... maybe we're keeping them close to our chest. <laughs> or maybe we're keeping them is close to our chest. Is that what you say when you have poker cards? Yes. Close to your chest, yeah. yeah. I've got my cards clenched between my butt cheeks. There you go. That would also be hard <laughs> I've to got say. my cards down my throat. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> oh, no. I lay them down there face up, okay? Wow. I'm playing Henry Hogfish <laughs> again, folks. <laughs> New world, same guy. Wow. The curse I continues. I I'll be Fia again. <laughs> okay. This feels counterproductive. Um, and Caldwell's but, also going to be Fia. Hey, Caldwell's also going to be Fia. This is really <laughs> yeah, confusing. Two Fias. Uh, so uh, I was saying to these guys off mic, kind of uh, what I imagine this being is this is the, this is again not quite session zero, but this is like uh, the email that I would send to these guys as we did character creation, sort of the talks that we would have as we went into this campaign. Um, instead of doing that off mic, why not do it on mic? Um, Hell yeah. The email before the campaign, before yeah. the campaign. <laughs> That's there so we go. extroverted of you, Murph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I love attention. Live out That's loud. Fine. Yeah, you're freaking draining my social battery. <laughs> I'm online man. all the time. You're a ham, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, so this will kind of feel maybe like something we would normally do on Patreon, but it's the Hogla days, so everybody it's gets a little 
taste? It is. Okay. Hoglet is after all. You thought that maybe you at home thought maybe you would go another year without hearing the phrase Hogladays again, but here no, it is yeah. in no, your ear. We got to get it in again. while we can. <laughs> the the Hogladay season is actually November to February. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, That's the of course, true. The Valentine's Day Hogladay. We got a couple Hogladays <laughs> mm-hmm. coming up in, in January. The Hogladays yeah. come once in a blue moon. <laughs> I saw someone on Patreon spell it Hogladays instead of D-A-Y-S. It was D-A-Z-E. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's canon. That's, that's good. Too much. Yeah. That's good. That's that's what we call a hat on a hat. <laughs> no, I want to wear two hats if that's it's what too that much. is. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. A fox with two tails, two hats on that fox. Ooh, Why not? I love mm. it. Uh, sweet, guys. So you know what? I'm going to do... And uh, this might be something we hear later, but I'll probably punch it up because this was all just uh, written to be very casual. Because again, I'm a fucking just cool ass casual dude. So this confident. is just normal ass stuff. Your confidence today, your confidence yeah. today I'm fucking is confident. Like, inspiring. I'm normal. I'm is just, it a new year? You're confident. You you're just... normal. <laughs> you're <laughs> chill. I'm confident and normal. Emily, <laughs> Emily this gave is breezy man. Keep going. You're crushing it. Emily gave me Jack Skellington boxers. Uh, <laughs> for christmas and they're they're fucking comfy it's really funny because they like look really good on him (laughs) like they're a very i found like the ones that were like the most comfortable and well rated (laughs) and then they look very good but there's so many jack skellington faces all over these are five star skellingtons five star skellingtons there's a lot of skellingtons are they full boxer or are they briefs they're a good question. They're boxers, but Emily bought me a they're, size they're tight too, ones, too small, so they're <laughs> super they're tight. Boxers. So my quads That's look cool. really good in them. Um, That's awesome. But <laughs> you can't you can't tell me this information because now every time I see you, Murph, I'm going to be wondering like, is he rocking the skellies? We're going to try to pants you I will, on tour. <laughs> I'll just show you guys. <laughs> Literally, I'll just show you. You can ask. You he's a, yeah, he's ham. You he's can say ham. he's confident. That's <laughs> true. I'm just a confident fucking guy. You can just ask me. <laughs> Yeah. If I'm scaling up, dude, you could just go to his latest Instagram post. <laughs> you can see him. Whoa, just, yeah. <laughs> Not even a story; it's just there for everyone to see. Incredible. <laughs> That's on Maine, bro. <laughs> yeah, as we all know, I'm very fucking horny on Maine. <laughs> his thirst trap. His thirst My trap. My family's post. unfollowed I'm, him. <laughs> I might be the least horny person on Maine that has ever existed. Uh, anyway. <laughs> He's celibate on Maine. Yeah, he's sure. absolutely fucking celibate yeah. on Maine. <laughs> Abstinence on I'm, Maine. I'm not on Maine. Is the thing. I'm not on Maine. Well, isn't that the isn't that the greatest abstinence of all? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You're smooth as hell on Maine, dude. I'm edging uh, on Maine. Okay. Speaking of edging, let's give the people what yeah, they want so to hear. Yeah, let's give the people yeah, what they want. Nice. Okay. All right. Now so that you're picturing. <laughs> Murph in Jack Skellington boxers. The funny boxer brief. It is Halloween <laughs> yeah. after all. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that like I feel like I we have kind of like a cool uh, setting thing coming up, um, but it's been completely undercut by all the talk <laughs> about about Jack Skellington. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so this is a little bit of a tagline, uh, and uh, this is something I'll, I'll rewrite later, but you may hear it again uh, yes. uh, as we get into the actual campaign. But here's a little tease. Mm. Let's go read the drafts. Ooh. Welcome. Back to Bohemia, everybody. Oh, let's go. Let's we return. <laughs> 200 years 
After Theala's cataclysm and subsequent defeat, the world looks very different. In the time since our last adventure, the floating city of Gladeholm became a bastion of knowledge and discovered many scientific and magical breakthroughs. However, the utopian city eventually outgrew the mortal realm and transported itself to the astral plane, with many of the world's best, brightest, and most advanced gone to deal with matters of universal importance. A struggle for power has emerged on the material plane. There have been 200 years of relative peace, but without Gladeholm to hold them together, the five remaining kingdoms quietly vie for power as tensions bubble wow. oh fuck yeah this is oh. the first time i'm hearing yeah you this. guys don't know this anything other than awesome i, I got the chill <laughs> yeah i'm bumpy my skin's bumpy my friend uh then i've got some uh info on on these like five remaining kingdoms and kind of updates on like where some settings uh are at now that oh, you dump may that lore dump that it remember from campaign one oh my God. um so the five kingdoms uh are iron deep uh, the Great Mines were once uh, collapsed during Theala's Cataclysm, but have been rebuilt to uh, become the greatest power of the West. Uh, mm. A population of mainly dwarves occupy the Inner Mountain, while the surrounding area is occupied by a huge population of humans and others. Uh, then oh, there's yeah. Osmodia. Uh, the curse oh. over this once lost city has been lifted. Yeah. Hundreds. Shit. Yes. Awesome. It's back, baby. Hundreds of traveling <laughs> yes. bands of orcs have reunited and rebuilt the city of Osmodia, quickly turning itself into a military power and becoming one of Iron Deep's greatest allies. There we go. How's the food, though? The food? Oh, uh, I bet it's great. I'd imagine pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They've been they've been mostly traveling around, so I've, I'm assuming they picked up a lot of things along the oh, way. Oh, fuck. But it's a melting also, pot. Like, Crick spices. Yeah. When you, when you um, like, have been cursed for a while and you finally come back, you really want to enjoy yourself, I would think. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. take yeah. time. You make meals pleasurable i think it's a combination of things it's learning a lot of stuff uh while you're going around and and meeting all these other people but then also being like well if this is what we can do on the road imagine what we can do if we're in one place for a long time the full industrial kitchen yeah wow so that's i cannot wait to try those tapas (laughs) that's canon now that they do tapas it would add up the the food of asmodia we're always our new characters are always dreaming of an asmodian meal (laughs) Um, another one of the major powers, of course, is Frostwind. To the north, the Frost Dwarves have finally reached a peace treaty with a new leader of the Frost Giants. For the first time oh. ever, the greatest military power in Bohemia is seemingly no longer distracted by petty squabbles. Huge for them. Huge for them. Yeah. Where they go? But what does it mean well, so yet, for the rest so of the not world? So battling, they're not battling giants anymore. Correct. Mm-hmm. And they have an alliance with the giants. Yes. Yeah, so a, <laughs> a giant's alliance? A giant's alliance. Uh, and there's just a... Such beautiful science, a giant's, giants. alliance. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Wow. So, now there's just a huge continent of extremely uh, tough dudes. Uh, That's awesome. Oh, the I tall and the small. Making a wall. <laughs> the tall, Whoa. small, making a wall. The giant's alliance. You got, all right. So my character is 100% from Broswin now. Oh, rad. <laughs> uh, and then uh, brand new, the Fey Archipelago. And maybe not an archipelago, but maybe we're calling it that archipelago. for now. 
opening the planar rift uh, led many travelers from the Feywild to Bohemia. With the uniting of the Seely and the Unseely court in the Feywild, uh, Fey traditionalists uh, who may have liked things the way they were and wanted to kind of carve out a new thing, um, but then also adventurers uh, who just wanted to travel to a new world uh, have traveled to Bohemia to found a new place. They've created a magical series of islands where the Eladrin now reside. Whoa. How close is that to Ren's island? Um, Ren is... Oh, uh, God. Sorry, I, I, didn't call, I feel like Caldwell's <laughs> style of improv is to ask me questions. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> I just like to think that Ren's island was like displaced by this new cool arpe- archipelago. That's my head. Well, cannon. I'm like, how in this? How is can Ren I be in funny? outer space though? <laughs> Ren is in the astral plane, right? Ren is probably in the astral plane. So he probably just has like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, okay. Rent's, Rent's probably one of the few NPCs that's still alive. I guess it would just Whoa. be like, oh, yeah. uh, the dwarves would be very old and the elves would be fine. <laughs> and yeah. everyone else is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's so sad. <laughs> well, you know, it, people yeah, are 200 years. People are powerful. So maybe, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil anything. But general lifetime is humans <laughs> super dead. Elves fine. Dwarves older. Halflings dead. Mm-hmm. Half elves? Who knows? Oh, interesting. Half-elves. Very interesting. Half elves most likely dead, I think. But we, you <laughs> know, right. but recently, hard one's only been dead for a little People bit of are time. Powerful. People are powerful. <laughs> this is a very, a very funny, uh, just vibe for the intro here. Just listening who's dead. Just listening who's dead and who's not. <laughs> yeah, just read us the obituaries. <laughs> Well, I mostly, yeah, I'm like, just because I don't, the last thing I want is to go into this campaign and for every single time I introduce a new NPC to be like, do you guys think that's secretly Ren? Do you guys think that's secretly Erlen? Is that secretly this person? It's like, no, it's not, it's no one. It's just oh, no one. Yeah, they're openly dead. Yeah, some of them are. Well, no. I mean, you know what? That's a beautiful thing. They but live it's long like lives. it's not even like they're openly dead. It's like we're probably not going to hear about them. Nana Kindleaf right. though is surviving on spite alone, right? Nana Kindleaf and Werther's. Nana Kindleaf died ten years after. <laughs> <laughs> Nana Kindleaf died a hundred. Did she joke on a Werther's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not of a natural cause more. Yeah. Um, no, I I will I will not confirm anything in the canon of okay. like who's alive and who's dead because all, you know yeah, also we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> so I mean it's it's honestly funny to talk you. about so I think it's fine um <laughs> but um yeah, yeah I, you know people are powerful so being being a human or being a halfling or something does not mean that you are automatically 100% dead but it does mean that you don't have to at me about bringing back NPCs <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'll just say it now most of them are gone <laughs> That's and they had beautiful here. lives and beautiful right. stories. And Nana Kindleaf mm-hmm. is still alive, surviving on spite. And Nana Kindleaf right. might be alive. <laughs> so you can really just say they're not there. They're not there. And it's like they're they're dead, alive. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're right. not there. And also, these will be these will be new characters. So it's the equivalent of being like. Does Jake's character know who uh, uh, Beverly Togold's uh, <laughs> dad was? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's a huge fan. I don't know. Maybe he's a huge fan. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but our next our next six live shows will just be funerals for characters in Bohemia. Yeah, yeah. Be, be excited for <laughs> oh my that. God, yeah. God um, it'd be so funny to play a, a Beverly fanboy. That's what I'm. 
<laughs> oh my god i did think of doing that for one of your characters and i was like that sounds funny for two yes episodes. that's a that's <laughs> a very yeah. funny first and then session. i would suddenly be like ah much like beverly it's got very short legs <laughs> <laughs> and finally the yes. fifth kingdom the city where our adventure will start Ooh. Esri, we oh. go into yeah, uh, Hold the phone. Is Tonathan still alive? And is Tonathan <laughs> there? And is Tonathan there? Okay, to- actually, let me look at gnomes. Gnome lifespan, huh? I played a gnome again. And- not saying anyone's necessarily dead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or there. Wait, <laughs> I'm kidding. Two hundred to five. Two hundred five to five hundred years. I know, years. but that's just Google saying that. It's not based on D and D. It's just like this oh, is how long gnomes live. Yes, no, no, no. D and D says they can live three hundred fifty to five hundred years. So, oh, whoa. Tonathan, one of the more likely people that's alive. Wow. I'd love to meet a tired middle-aged Tonathan. <laughs> <laughs> All that's important is that the bonfires are dead. I'm <laughs> they're not. They're not. Please don't at me. They're not dead. <laughs> oh, Hungry Dave is 100% yeah. dead. <laughs> of his own volition. Hungry Dave dies like next week. Give me week. a chance to DM for them again. I'll it's kill so him. It's so dark. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the uh, thought of Hungry Dave dying tragically is so It's so sad terrible. because he would have loved to get to go to Esmodi and eat their food. Jesus. But like, unfortunately, right. he slipped on some ice. Uh, so anyway, um, Esri, uh, we'll, let's talk about this. Um, Esri, largely unharmed by Theala's cataclysm, Esri had a huge head start on the rest of the world. Mm. Uh, it has become the sole surviving kingdom on the eastern side of the continent. Uh, with Gladehome off in space, Esri is easily the most advanced society in Bohemia. The Esri bubble now protects a multi-tiered city of airships and magic technology. Technically, there is a royal family, but they are merely pawns of the real powerhouse, Alon Inc., a magic tech uh, company that controls oh. the city top to bottom. The company's headquarters... <laughs> is in an enormous Ariat that hangs over the city called the Mothership. Alon Inc. subject to change, but I think the Mothership is cool, so that's staying. Are we can... fighting like billionaires in tech? Is that kind of like a vibe? <laughs> There's definitely, uh, you'll be fighting their goons. <laughs> Ooh. God, this sounds awesome. Although, I love that. Although by video game and D&D uh, standards, it is the higher up you are in the company, the more HP you have for some reason. It's really weird. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. It's like everyone. Yeah. 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 I hadn't thought about that before. (laughs) I feel like we've talked about that. When you get a promotion, you get more HP. Yeah. I feel like it's you know as like a five year gift, you get like uh you know like an HP ring or something like that, or like some plus three armor. Mm. Like they give you a the tough feat once you become a middle manager. I feel like it makes (laughs) it makes more sense in magic settings because it's like okay, this person is more magical, but it doesn't make a lot of sense in video games. Where it's like, ah, you're fighting a bunch of members of the mob. Uh, the muscle, those guys are easy. <laughs> They're easier than like the, the boss I mean, we, who just we love does that tax scene fraud. In Sopranos, yeah. uh, when Tony Soprano gives uh, Christopher Moltisanti a uh, plus twenty HP buff. That's actually that's a tough <laughs> example because Tony actually does beat the shit out of most of the people under him. So maybe that's a good point. Ma- ma- maybe uh, they've got it right. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> With one company controlling the local economy, all other legitimate businesses have been pushed out, but that's to say nothing of illegitimate business. What? Um, mm. So, uh, there's some shady characters for sure. Uh, this, um, 
I, I think we made the decision to kind of uh, start this campaign in Esri because I thought it was like a, a fun setting and stuff, but it, it all ended up in campaign one. It was kind of just based around an arc with Adam with Stunkbug. Um, <laughs> and that kind of didn't come in the, the whole you know rest of the campaign really yeah Yeah. it was like our first arc so we're also like at least me i'm still like learning how to play D &D right yeah we mostly just hung out at stunk bug's house i think yeah yeah we went shopping we went to (laughs) try to go shopping oh we never get get to go to that renee yeah yeah yeah, that was um we did go we got cocktails you guys were doing Um, your normal thing we got sliders and and tapas Uh You guys got sliders, had tapas. We ate food. We tried to go to shopping. When we have guests on, you guys throw pacing out the window and just talk to the guest at bars for hours and then (laughs) insist on going shopping. That happened twice. That happened with Brennan. Well, you want to know why, though, Murph? The shopping thing is the shopping thing is not the case because it's you're confusing it. It's whenever we get to a new town, we try to go shopping, and oftentimes the easiest way to get to to get in a new character is to enter a new town yeah so the shopping yeah. and a new town are because think about it we went shopping in Frostwind. no guest yeah. there yeah. right you have to shop town. in a new town you need a new outfit yes. for every art exactly right. mm-hmm. i do this every live show i go and i get a full three-piece <laughs> yeah. suit tailored <laughs> i don't disagree with that but i think i think we can all agree that we throw pacing out the window when a guest comes yeah. on we're bad i i will <laughs> agree that we're bad with guests yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's wor- yeah, bad like, with guests. Shopping <laughs> is worse than we normally are. Shopping is fine, but you can't spend an hour like playing beer pong beforehand. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like totally. you have to. But again, we also did that in Frostwind without. <laughs> but you did that in Frostwind, but that was after you fought a fucking dragon. Okay, this is okay, all. Okay. There's a time and a place. It's true. I'm just joking around, saying that we're bad with guests and without. <laughs> we're, we are bad often, right? Generally. <laughs> I just hope Renee's is still there. Renee is, Renee is what, canon dead. That was what that was what Adam said. That that like Renee. That's where he got his like tailored uh, armor. I love Adam as stunk bug. <laughs> <laughs> Orc Fraser. I it was truly the most beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we did not know what we were in for because like at that point we'd only done like eight episodes or something. So Adam I think we thought it was gonna be kind of low commitment, and then he ended up having to do like fucking three huge sessions with us. Yeah. yeah, we learned it was very which he did with grace which and he did. humor. We very much appreciated it. Um, he used to eat shit, isn't that what he? he would say? Yeah, <laughs> he would talk about how he ate shit, and I was like, "You didn't." <laughs> He's eating actual oh, yeah. feces outside of town, right? <laughs> he was, yeah. Adam, Adam as a guest would, I would say, he was like, so "What delightful. if Amir was polite?" You know what I mean? It was like he still. Came in being like, of course, this is a comedy podcast. Why the fuck would you be serious? Like, this is silly shit. Let's all be silly. But mm. he was like playing along and Amir was like, I'm here to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Hugo was a gnome, right? Yeah. That means oh, Hugo so. is still. Hugo was murdered. We killed you. Not in this time. Well, sure, I to keep the timeline straight. Yeah, you. Oh you my go. God. So essentially, we can have another Christmas special with Hugo. With Hugo? <laughs> oh, with these characters meeting Hugo? With Nugo. <laughs> and then just uh, some updates on um, other places around Bohemia. Um, yeah. Hill Home. Uh, still around, now on good terms with their neighbors in Osmodia. Still a lovely little place filled with halflings. Well, there um, we go. 
Uh, Cragwater. The Dwargers of Old Cragwater have been cured of their mithril madness and now have mm. a tenuous peace with their neighbors in Esri they have taken up in the ruins of Galateron. Because uh, Galateron, the <gasps> fucking mountain fell. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. So Galateron's gone. Galateron's mm. gone. Yeah. Oh, I feel, no. This feels like a WoW expansion, you know what I mean? You gotta just change it. Yeah. You gotta get rid of yeah. some I stuff. like it. That's or really even cool. like Fortnite when they change the map. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> It's exactly like Fortnite, which is why everyone is allowed to play in this new campaign. There's a lot of discussion of Fortnite dances. There's a lot of, now there's references to the map. There's Fortnite, yeah. We're going to have 100 players in this campaign, and we're going to slowly whittle it down. Well, that's kind of work. fun. Um, it, would be, it would be very fun to play awful to listen to imagine a oh, podcast a with a hundred hosts oh my god <laughs> just going through the initiative role hey. oh god and then there would be like yeah like five people would tie for each initiative <laughs> so you'd have to like work that all out jesus mm. <laughs> and one of them is naruto for some reason i don't know yeah. i haven't played much fortnite they're not you can be you can be naruto okay. for sure you can also be sasuke and kakashi this is great. Yeah. I guess we have our three characters picked out already. Then. <laughs> <There> we go. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, you can be Kakashiam. <gasps> oh my god. Um. Then there's the Living Wood, a wild place Ooh. of magical secrets and desperately sought after by Esri. However, mm. the tree ants and dragons of the woods, <gasps> yes! yeah, baby, have prevented it back. from being conquered. Yes. Holy shit. Are there? trees riding dragons in this world? <laughs> well, uh, no. <laughs> well, we did have a horse riding a horse in the first campaign. There so was I a horse riding a horse. Riding this is very true. Someone yeah. will make a fucking joke about it, right? Like, And then it'll be real. I think Jake so. just did. Jake just did. <laughs> there, I was, mine wasn't even dream. a joke. It was It was an earnest question that I think would be sick. <laughs> a tree riding a dragon? I feel like a or ficus a dragon could ride a, a dragon. Yeah, I guess it depends like a little, on what kind of tree. A shrub, an awakened shrub just riding a dragon. Yeah, yes. just chilling, just living. <laughs> no, Give us plants cool. riding dragons, Murph. At least a triss on a dragon. <laughs> yeah, there could be a triss. Yeah, you know that a triss doesn't drive the dragon though. She mm, she goes shotgun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> triss gets picked up. <laughs> triss gets picked up. Uh, to do, do oh, and then within the living wood, the crick, <gasps> done disappeared. Those some. Though some still say, if someone in the living wood needs the hospitality of the crick, they'll be able to find it. I got the chills again. <laughs> oh, that's sick. Yeah, I got bumps on my bumps. Um, so where'd it go? <laughs> oh, <laughs> let me look at my notes. Here it is. Something's literally a miss. The crick is a the miss. Crick is, the crick is there a miss. There you go. The crick is a miss at the crick. I, I think that'll be some of the new kind of like factions and stuff you guys are will be dealing with is that there's um Esri they, they've got this uh new company then uh the royals are kind of uh on their payroll so like the army there like the bubble knights all these like synthetic eldritch knights uh mm. are are you know a problem or an ally for you kind of depending on on where you land um then there's all like just outside the bubble on like the outer rim area. And then, you know, possibly even uh, within the bubble, there are going to be like different uh, gangs and organizations and everything like organized crime. 
And then you've got the Living Woods at one time was like this, you know, magical place where you would go and you would go to the Crick. But now with Esri so close to it and kind of like really vying for power, the Crick has had to quite literally protect itself. And uh, not only that, but there's dragons there. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if, in, if in, you're welcome, if from it, moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> there's straight up <laughs> dragons in there. Uh, so somebody coming in and trying to uh, conquer it or something is going to get fucked up by dragons. Um, but then not only that, there are high elves and crick elves, or they, they might have been formerly known as those things, uh, now calling themselves dragon elves. Um, what? And they're um, protecting the living wood, uh, but not in a way that's necessarily like just protecting it. More of like, uh, we caught you walking here, and now you're dead. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so not not just killing people with bad intentions, killing kind of anyone that enters, and that's at odds w- with the Crick Elves, essentially. It's kind of yeah, like certainly. you walk into the forest, and like you hope you meet a Crick Elf and not a Dragon Elf. There you go. Mm. Sick. Yeah. I want to meet a Dragon Elf, though, because that's the sickest shit I've ever heard. Someone can also, one of you guys can be a Dragon Elf, or you you could have- It feels wrong, because I feel like I, well, it's like hard, because I like feel like I set that up for Moonshine, Mm -hmm. but then it feels wrong to then play it again, but I never actually got to play it with Moonshine. You didn't get to play it again, and it's also, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's very A to C. It's like, the Dragon Elves come from the Crick Elves- you mm-hmm. created both. If you played someone who had just left the dragon elves or something, then mm. Uh, mm. I don't think that would be weird. But I guess uh, that's kind of the the world that we're inhabiting. Do we want to talk a little bit about like uh, what people are kind of thinking for characters without committing to anything mm. yet? But like classes. I, also, I have a I have a quick question as yeah. well. Oh, what's how long? Has it been since Glade Home disappeared? Like, how many, how long have we been living in this period of like tension and unrest? Great question. Um, I'll say, and I will clarify this um, when we actually do our session zero or even episode one. I would imagine that probably happened about ten or twenty years ago. Okay, so the, it's Sweet. it's oh. like kind of recent history oh. of like there was this kind of Glade Home. I think b- because. They have like the thinking cap. They had the Titans of Bohemia. They had all this like ancient knowledge and everything. So it be, and it had like the great magic university. So it became like this utopia where everybody could come together. Um, and so that meant that it ended up being kind of the leader in like, you know, magical breakthroughs and stuff, but also then just like very progressive stuff as, as far as, you know, taking care of people, maintaining peace and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but then, the, the problem Trouble is, is in, in the like, astral plane called bigger problems called. Yeah. Bigger problems mm. called like the uh, once you get to a certain point uh, where the people of the city are like communicating with gods and stuff. Now the number of problems have grown astronomically where it's like now we know there's a problem in this plane. Now there, <laughs> we know there's a problem in this plane. There's a war amongst the gith or something like that. Oh and my God. So, yeah. so does this mean also that we could do like maybe we could also do a side campaign with Moonshine Heart? Hardwon and Beverly, where we play uh, Star Wars 5e, because we're in outer space. Um, <laughs> Level 20 Astro- Star Wars 5e. Astral Plane is not quite, it's not quite space. There's not uh, like... Gotcha. <laughs> but you mentioned the gift, which is very exciting, because like we we touched on them like so briefly in uh, in campaign one, and yeah. it's like clearly, yeah, there was a lot going on there. So um, yeah, it seems like that's a whole 
a whole can of, of worms as well. But uh, of, uh, um, oh, star, star spawn, a whole can star of star spawn. spawn. Yeah, star spawn. <laughs> Murph, I was going to ask, like, when uh, Gladeholm left, was it like, uh, did they announce that they were doing yeah, this, or sure, did they just kind of disappear? Okay, so yeah, this yeah. is kind of like a. It, it was a basically like you guys remember in campaign one, there was that like astral council where there was like a yeah. big like meeting place uh, that like all the people of the world would come uh, mm-hmm. meet at. There was essentially like a special force brought together on Glade home to help kind of solve these problems in in the astral plane there's and probably, in the universe as a whole. Probably some kind of existential threat. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. if there's an existential threat and it's like, all right, everyone behave, we need to go take care of, we need to make <laughs> yeah. sure that we all continue to exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just, it's not just like, oh, they went off and now they're getting in other people's business. It's like, you know, enough people were able to use like divination magic to find out that uh, bad things were coming. So we're going to prevent it from happening to the material plane. It makes more sense for us to go do that than to sit here and play politics with Frostwind. Right. As a player, it's it's really, it feels like such a clever way to be true to the world, but also make sure that stakes are different and unique like for this world. Oh, thanks. It's a really cool reshuffling. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Yeah, I think- Good job. No, thank you so much. (laughs) Good job. Good job, I agree. Remember when we used great to do that? Great job, I agree. Great job, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Great job, I agree. Oh, that was that was you're allowed to at me if you say great job, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that joke was. Like. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they are the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, 
Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Um, but I guess let, let's talk a little bit about um, what people are kind of thinking as far as mm. class or what their character might look like or okay. something like that. Or even we can talk through if, because I hadn't even sent this to you guys as an email. Like you guys have, all you guys knew was I was like, we're going to do Bohemia again. It's going to be like steampunky again, essentially, but it's going to be in the future. I didn't even say how far in the future. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we Knew very little, but this is like now. I feel like this is filling in some things for me. So I have I have some thoughts. But uh, Jake, you go first. Totally. It feels like also like I had. So what I wanted to be was a giant frozen guy. Um, <laughs> cool. So I think I was thinking like like Elsa. Yeah, <laughs> like Olaf actually. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do like a like a an Eldritch Knight flavored with a lot of like freezing spells. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, mm. So I'm very interested in this alliance between frost giants and dwarves and Frostwind because I mm. wanted to play a Goliath, uh, basically oh, rad. a big like blue bearded dude that freezes stuff. That's rad. Uh, and I love yeah, that. that. That's you, you're thinking Eldritch Knight though. I am thinking Eldritch Knight because I was Whoa. looking at Paladin and mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to be too hard and <laughs> it's, it scared me a little bit. <laughs> Eldritch Knight is really cool. I'm very excited to see you play it. Yeah, Eldritch Knight. It's also yeah. Murph's like, because like, you kind of have to get the DM's attention and it's like Murph's like favorite class. So you are playing into <laughs> I do, I do, I do DMs. like it, yeah. Sweet, uh, very sweet. I'm, like, I'm ready seat. for some magic. I like, I like the idea of like slinging spells, but not mm-hmm. necessarily slinging spell binders. Yeah, yeah, n- needing a deck of cards. <laughs> it's not, it's, it actually is like a pretty small spell list because you can only use two different schools of magic. I forget which ones they are. Yeah, the but you'll be able to get I, shield. You do get yeah, shield. There's oh. a, I mean, all the spells that I saw were fucking sick, especially the like the freezing ones. Uh, they're really fun. Oh, rad. Um, and I have to like boost my, it's it, your intelligence uh, is like your spell casting modifier, I think. Yeah. Oh, you'd, you'd have to play smart character. Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> crazy. Oh. That's really fun. That cold, icy intellect. I love it. Yeah. Get ready. I'm playing someone smart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like smart in D and D always. I for me, it always just translates to like you know a lot of stuff, but you're still a dumbass in other ways. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I'll I have feel to like do. that's smart in real life, though. True. <laughs> yeah. Truly, everyone has a. <laughs> truly, everyone makes a little devil's bargain when it comes to their skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to put your points somewhere. Yeah. And as a Goliath, I would say, well, first off, you can be from anywhere. Like Hard One was literally raised in a dwarfenage, so you can be from where the fuck you want. <laughs> Um, right. But uh, probably the most common places would be like either from like the frigid north or uh, there was also the Goliaths that you guys ran into with uh, Tonathan that were mm. in like the mountains near like the Galateron Glades and stuff. Oh, so, like, protecting the Watcher. Yeah. Uh, you could do something <laughs> like that. It might make more sense to do like frigid north. Yeah, um, frigid north seems very cool. Yeah. Blue beard. I love it. Yeah. 
Very, very. We think we talking like a bushy beard or like uh, what what sort of beard style you going for? Um, I think it's gonna have to be close cropped because Hard One had the big beard, and I need to differentiate. Oh, this guy that's a true. Because I was gonna say you should do like whenever people draw like pictures of like Borealis or whatever the sort of like um, I can't remember the name the sort of wind mm. god. Yeah. They always mm-hmm. draw like sort of curly cue like long Whoa. beards. So mm. I was gonna suggest that, but you're right. You should do something different. I gotta close look that up though. Good. Because mm-hmm. I was literally thinking the name, like, I was looking at, like, um, Aurora Borealis, like, style words for my name because I like the idea of being up there from, like, the Northern Lights and stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm trying um, to remember what the guy, or maybe it's just Bory something or other. Bory Borealis. Boreas? Boreal? Boreal. Oh, yeah. Bore- Boreas, Greek god of north wind and winter. Oh, yeah. Sick. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm too. thinking of. Yeah. Wow. This guy's sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> you just nice. up that god. You got your guy. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh when we talked about this, I think we talked about it on mic, but like I'm I encourage everybody to just like if if what you want to do is to play a big fucking strong guy, do it literally every time. Like it's only going to be more fun to like lean into the things we want to do. So This is what Mark I, says yeah. after I had a long conversation with him pitching that I start out as a commoner. <laughs> Also, also pitching to him that I don't know what my skills are. She wanted to do, uh, yeah. Huh? She, she wanted to do what the fuck shitty movie was that? I wanted to do Born Identity. You wanted to do Born Identity and, and like basically right. wake up and not know anything, and then just have to kind of explore and find out what I'm good at. That's pretty fun. And I was like, Emily, you've helped. You've helped with world building so much, like. <laughs> Literally, as Moonshine, you created a giant part of the world that was arguably the best part of the world. As Fia, the character made the setting feel real. And Uh now you want, in addition to me having to build the world, also have to build your character. But let's see what happens. Yeah. I just thought it would be very interesting. Yeah. She would also like constantly be like digging little tracking devices and like USB thumb drives out of her skin. So like that could lead to a lot of exposition. Oh, yeah. 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 I could really help with a lot of the born role play. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse for a DM than like constantly having to just improvise you finding out things about yourself. <laughs> oh, I just meant more so like you would have my stats, right? So I'm like make moves, but I don't know what I'm good at yet. You know? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's, that was that, what was interesting to me is like I know, but finding out. And it only happens for like a couple <laughs> A couple sessions, so and then weird. you get your character sheet and you find out. What <laughs> you're you do it. It's interesting to me. You also. do it. <laughs> yeah, I do it. Yeah. Other than that, though, Emily, did you have uh, any other character ideas you were thinking of? Um, I don't really want to say too much. Um, mm-hmm. because it's just fun. Um, fun eat your to, cards. Don't show uh, anyone. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of fun to like have something for yourself. But it is interesting that you say you're being this uh, frigid thing. Uh, Jake, because I was thinking of playing an Aladrin, um, and uh, I basically went to Murph. I was like, would it, would it be cool? Like, I kind of like liked the idea of being a Fae, but in like a cosmopolitan setting. Mm. So oh, that's, that's where like the sort of Fae archipelago thing came from. Although I'm I'm not I like kind of just wanted to imagine what like a like the trickery of the Fae would be like in a city. That's so awesome. I'm just calling like it a, Vegas a, in my head right now. But. Vegas? 
That's so fucking funny. You're like a grifter. And I don't, I don't know what I will be. Yeah, I just kind of was like, well, what would the Fae, like if, if the, because the Fae is always very, from what I've seen is always like in a very natural setting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what if it was in a cosmopolitan setting? What would it be like? And then, so, so you, I, you've gone from Matt Damon in Born Identity to Matt Damon in Ocean's Eleven, what you've, what you've done here. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it'll be like. I'm just going to like read a bunch about the Fae and imagine how that would express itself as a city. Mm, um, yeah. City Fae. Yeah. I love that. It does um, kind of feel like it would end up being like Vegas. Fae, yeah. City. Well, because it's like, like there's all this like bartering and trickery and it feels yeah. like especially in a place like like Vegas, people would make some unsavory deals with Faye to get more money and stuff. like. So like, mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know. I so There's I'm, also like a, a New Orleans New Orleansy aspect to it that is yeah like, um, oh, certainly I don't know yeah like I the thing I was thinking of though stuff. also was that like maybe this is that the city is like sort of like they sort of closed off all the other portals to the Fay and so they're sort of controlling travel a bit so I've been mm. thinking about it like Whoa. a port city like Venice or something like that. Dude, I love um, the idea of like show me some docks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like kind of what I what I've been thinking of just i originally my first thought was like maybe it'd be fun to play in eladrin we like went to the fey we met all these eladrin none of us mm-hmm. played in eladrin the the seasonal stuff feels a little restrictive but so but murph gave me these really cool like blue and white dice uh for uh mm. christmas so i was like kind of like i wonder what if jake is still gonna play his thing and like if that were the case could i still be like a winter fey but i don't i don't know i have I think I want to play like maybe like a non-seasonal Aladrin. But anyways, so that's cool. really, really yeah. what I'm thinking I, about. But I'll probably change my mind entirely in the last like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's also, there's definitely room for us both to play winter people. Yeah. Like I was like trying to think that, like, like two is characters that fun? can relate over. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. Like yeah. give us, it gives us a piece of like. I don't know. It gives us something in common that we can uh, bond I think, over. We're ice buddies. Yeah, I'm also like uh, <laughs> I'm also like crew, of course. The sort of like <laughs> su- like the summer stuff of like f- ice guys. fire. I feel like Fia did a lot of fire, so I don't really want to do like if if I were to do magic, I don't really want to do like fire magic or anything. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a noodling. I, yeah, well, I love the idea of like a fifth season of Faye almost, which kind of like, I've been oh, thinking about fun. the nuances within seasons, like, mm-hmm. you know, like midsummer storms or flowers or like stuff like that. And like thinking of more like nuanced things that might express themselves within a season. Mm. Oh, yeah, sick. totally. Micro That's seasons. Awesome. Yeah. So I love that. That's all. That's all mm-hmm. I've, I feel that I will talk about. What about you, Caldwell? Well, I'm planning on uh, playing a uh, snowman that's come to life, so also a frosty theme. Actually, wait. This is frozen. Yeah. Wait a second. You won't die until season two, though. That's great. Oh. You'll know that you're not going to die. It's perfect. And you'll come back, yeah. <laughs> and everyone will be so excited that I'm back. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm really excited to talk about it because I, I feel like in the gap since we finished Eldermore and we've been doing you know side stuff, I feel like I've just kind of been uh percolating on a lot of different uh ideas kind of all based around different classes so i I would love to get your thoughts um Mm. one that i I think i mentioned to y'all before was playing kind of like a uh like a barbarian path of the beast character that's Mm. almost like a kind of um a like artificial being like maybe even like created somewhere in esri that's like just basically designed as like a super soldier like 
uh, chimera sort of thing. Because mm. uh, oh. like all of the Path of the Beast features are like, you have like a tail with like spikes and you have like claws you can use. And I thought it'd be fun to like have a character that basically is like a little more of like a, like a beast, like a, almost like a cross between like um like a Bullywug and a Cobalt or something like that. But like mm. with like all the bestial features kind of like mixed together. So that was, that's one idea. Um, cool. I also, I like that. I was really, I was looking at, um, the way of the astral soul uh, as a monk class, which oh. I really like. So you didn't get to play a monk. I did not get to play a monk, so I was kind of itching for that. And they're very, very fun. Mm-hmm. They are fun. Um, but I thought like in a more like cyber setting, like in a more like futuristic setting, like how would you do like astral soul? And I thought it'd be fun to be kind of like a cyborg character with like holographic limbs that are like hard light that you can punch with, mm-hmm. which I thought would be kind of fun. Another angle I had was a... Uh, a bard who is basically like the uh, cheerleader morale corps for like uh, all of the soldiers. So basically, just like a USO, a like a, a USO box. performer, yeah. Yeah. a drummer boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically the bugle boy for like the actual soldiers. Uh, mm. But doing that is like Pat. There's like a bard, co- College of Valor bard. With- mm. Oh, that that's be. cool. Um, and the last idea I had was just to play a bullywug in a big sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one, and you got it on the last try. It. Yeah, no class. Jason Bourne. Uh, what? Uh, no, you can't give it to someone no, else. No, you're what? Jason Bourne. I was listing. Okay. I was listing the fucking people. But also, Jason Bourne has a big sweater in the in the movie in the first one. Okay, I also get to wear a big sweater. Yeah, so we should all have big sweaters. And I'm I'm like a, yeah, I'm a, play a big Goliath, so I I would have a big sweater as well. Okay, it would right. be form fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah big okay. just a form sweater. sweater. Bullywug in a big sweater. Jason Bourne in a big sweater. <laughs> the nor- the god of the north wind in a big sweater. Yes, for us. <laughs> uh, the only other idea I had for the bullywug was maybe uh, I was looking at um, path of the what is it a circle of stars druid. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I played that. It's really fun. It seems really cool, and I like the idea of maybe like the stars. The star chart is like just markings on the bullywug skin or something like that. Mm. That's cool. Um, I will say, yeah, Caldwell, if you want to play a bullywug, this uh-huh. is a rare silly pass that I have because I like frogs so much in Chrono Trigger. So if like you ever wanted to play like just a little weird guy, like (laughs) this is, this is your fucking opportunity. (laughs) If you let me have mage hand for my tongue, (laughs) you've, you've ruined it. You you have to play hard one. (laughs) You have to play just a human. I did think it'd be funny to just to play like a guy that like works in one of the offices for Elon Inc. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that's way too many ideas uh, that I've been thinking over. So I'll, I'll maybe pick one of those. Although it's hard to pass up the loophole of just little frog guys. That I like so a frog. Yeah. That could mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, Back really when like Murph was talking guy. about making it more sort of like cyberpunky, like mm-hmm. one of the, because you said like just a normal guy, one of the things I had been thinking of, but Caldwell had been thinking of Barbarian, so I, I, I stopped thinking about it, was playing like an office worker who basically had like a Jekyll Hyde thing going on. Mm. And so Ooh. she would basically have like commoner stats until she raged. <laughs> and yeah. then she would, her stats would change. That's super fun. That seemed like oh. it seemed like a fun challenge to be like having to use your rage strategically, <laughs> or yeah. like having like a super intelligent character. Like it wouldn't even be common or stats. It would be like you would be good at one thing, and then when you rage, you would be a different thing. It's like That's you would be sick. like all sort of like intelligence and like just like very functional. Is this kind of sounding born esque in a way? 
There That's is a, true. a born quality to this. There's a born quality to a lot of these <laughs> yeah. right now. But I feel like then she just when, goes when into I survival talked to mode. you, though, it was like a little less, like, do you want to, like, what is what is Alan Inc. like? Mm. What are they like? What is, the ma- what is their technology like? So, yeah, so I was going to say that. I think when I originally brought this up to you guys, I was like, oh, this will probably be like a Final Fantasy VII type thing, like more like kind of cyberpunk than fantasy. But mm. then as I was going into the world building, I was like, I would only want to do that for Esri. I don't want the whole world to be like cyberpunk. And so mm. I think I, that means I just don't want to do cyberpunk. So I think... Yeah. If so we're no gonna, phones. if we're gonna compare it to a Final Fantasy, it'd be closest to like a Final Fantasy Nine, um, which we've been ooh. playing a little bit, which lately. we've been playing a little bit about of to uh, get inspired. Personal fave, yeah. it's great. Um, so a lot of ba- basically, it's uh, so when you talk about playing an animal, it feels like really like fun for this world. Totally, because in yeah, Final like, Fantasy, there's a lot of like rat boys. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, that's a really fun looking crew, uh, and a ladder and a Goliath yeah. and a rat boy for a frog. <laughs> a rat boy. <laughs> I'm I'm Red Sun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, would probably also be dead. <laughs> I miss my dad so much. I miss my grandpa who I never met. Mother <laughs> um, said that he was the greatest rat that ever lived. <laughs> oh man, I think you got to do it. Um, anyway, yeah. we got to get some tapas. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think the level of technology will basically be like um pretty similar to last campaign except it'll be like more common so it'll be i i think it'll be the type of thing essentially where like um when you're in esri instead of having like you know torches or like regular lanterns it'll be like you know merchants on behalf of alan inc being like self-filling lanterns Ah. Uh, and then like maybe like little teleportation ports to get you to like different areas of the city airships kind of like you had in uh later on but maybe like uh, a little bit more advanced uh just kind of the like magical technology that we saw in esri but like nice last time but like like, kicked up industrialized magic essentially yeah yeah cool Broombas. Broombas everywhere. <laughs> Sweet. So uh we don't we don't fully have our party yet, but um it likely it'll be uh a really big guy and a ladrin and um some little weird guy, maybe. Well I also I also chose because I knew that you wanted to be a Goliath. I knew that Caldwell was interested in playing like some little guy. So I chose like literally <laughs> visually limited myself to like something that would that would straddle between because if it was like because i had wanted to be a gnome but then like a gnome a little guy and a huge goliath <laughs> that's kind of fun like, though i mean dude, i don't hate it it's dude, all about the, the balance album art of like me just holding you guys on each shoulder that yeah sounds pretty fun. <laughs> that's okay. kind of fun too all right <laughs> yeah although i'd like to be a big frog is the thing yeah that's true you could just be a beefy dude um but uh, yeah, I think um, like uh, a lot of the stuff you're coming up with, uh, with the Fae stuff, I-, I think it would be cool if if okay. you were able My to- My DM uh, is excited, then I follow yeah. this path. I, I am excited. It- That's why I was afraid of you being Jason Bourne, because I need you- Because <laughs> when I came up with this Fae thing, I thought you were going to be the Ladrin, so I was like, sweet, she'll like basically do what she did with the Crick and just like build this part. And then I was just like, what if I didn't know anything? I was like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need your help. 
Please, please help me. Yeah, Emily just shows up with a Mad Lib sheet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining the party dynamic if, like, episode one, Emily's just like, I don't know what to do. Everyone would just be like, okay, uh, hmm. Well, no, because I, I wouldn't, this bar. If yeah. I woke up not knowing my stats, I would want to fucking try everything. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like- Stat amnesia is a really cool idea. Trying though. to, like, like suss out yeah. every single role to find out what I'm good at. It's a really great one-shot <laughs> idea, but I think- I, like I have you to know, be honest, know, it was yeah. a one-shot idea that I had for you guys. There you go. <laughs> because based there you on go. it was like a while ago when uh, Jake was talking about how much he loves Born Identity, and I was like, mm. that would be a really fun one-shot. Yeah, that could have been any any week that we all uh, got together. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I do think we've landed on like the core of this idea, though, which is that your character should wear a cool sweater. Yeah, I mm. think all of our characters should be wearing a cool sweater. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely. I'm gonna. I want one of those like Icelandic uh, sweaters with um with like the reindeers and stuff on it. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking like big sweater, like a big turtleneck on the sweater, or turtleneck on a frog. You know, pretty standard yeah. look. <laughs> That's cool. Standard. <laughs> and I think both. Yeah, mine is just like that too. Yeah. Um. Everybody's gonna be wearing frog sweaters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of frog t- frogs with uh, reindeer antlers. Yeah. Um, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, so just so everybody knows, I think, uh, well, first off, I think we'll be wrapping this one up, but uh, kind of timeline wise, I think we're hoping to start campaign three uh, February. So you'll wow. be hearing either oh. session zero will either do at the end of January or we'll do first week of February, kind of depending on how much time I need. Uh, we will see, but we're kind of diving in as soon as possible. Um, we're going to have some D&D courts with some fun guests and stuff, uh, maybe post some live shows, probably do a lot of D&D court uh, and hearth sides and uh, yeah. experiment with some new stuff in January and then dive right into campaign three, maybe do session zero at the end of January, but we'll we'll update you on that. Um, oh. In the meantime, uh, I'm so excited, Murph. This world sounds so cool. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was already cool, but you you made it cool again. It's a it's yes. a wow expansion, baby. <laughs> I've been yeah. Um, <laughs> or a uh, Fortnite update. Or a Fortnite update, <laughs> Emily. Please, you can't do this. <laughs> Born identity in Fortnite. Who are you? All right. We'll see you all at Tilted Towers. Uh, (laughs) Sweet, guys. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, You can uh, head on over to our Patreon. Uh, We'll be answering questions uh, about Campaign 3, doing sort of a themed hearth side. So you can head on over to to that uh, at patreon.com slash N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing. Oh, yes. Oh, oh right. I really this wanted to do that time. Right? We're kind of, we're kind oh of out goodness. of shape with this. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Oh, my God. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Actually, oh, I have something I want to plug. Plug okay. it. <laughs> so mischievous right now. What the fuck? Okay. I've been the fuck? getting these nut milks delivered. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I just want to shout <laughs> so out the company circle. that makes them. The nut milks. I think their name is Elmhurst. I am not sponsored. I am fully just a customer, but they make me happy. I love them. Murph knows. <laughs> she talks about We should reach out. They should I like want the them to succeed so that I make sure that I'm still getting my good nut milks. <laughs> wow. Emily, did you say that you got a nut nog? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What is oat nog? <laughs> it was oat and cashew nog. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so I mean, uh, if you're, me if you're over. looking for some good uh, nut and oat milks, look no further. Does anyone have anything they'd like to plug? <laughs> Caldwell Jake. Um, um, I was gonna I- plug. I was gonna plug me and my brother's uh, company Halcyon, but I actually I want people to support the nut milk <laughs> instead. <laughs> 
Cool. So if you bought anything from us, return it and, um, and get yourself some nut milk. Yeah, get yourself some nut milk. And we'll you can do a subscription with them. Caldwell, do you have any nut milks yeah. you'd like to plug? Um, no, I would like you all to send us nut milks at 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 222, Los Feliz, California, 9027. Please, please, please do not. Don't. Please do not. I don't don't do check that, it off. Don't enough. do that to the post office. Yeah. <laughs> Although, do not. Although it, it definitely Shelf ke- stable. It definitely keeps, but if it yeah, breaks, right. it'll just go all over all the other shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, I would... And it's really heavy, and you have to pick that up, and there's going to be a lot of nut milk. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually surprisingly light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, won't say, you won't utter a bad thing about it. <laughs> oh, Murph. <laughs> Murph's Zoom just died. Uh, so I was going to read some P.O. Box stuff, but instead I think we'll probably just... Yeah, Murph can't stop us now. That's true. That's true. Finally, everyone can be shouted out properly without Murph uh, yeah. giving a thumbs down gestures and, and raspberrying <laughs> me. Uh, so we have uh, Scott B. at Ingram Whiskey sent us two bottles of their uh, river-aged whiskey to help us celebrate, celebrate the finale of Eldermorn. Fuck, yes. um, it is literally made on the river, so it is perfect for the third mates. Can't wait to wow. tuck into that. Thank you so much, Scott. Michelle, a.k.a. at Mittens on Insta, sent us a beautiful cross stitch of Corbo that says, hey there, centaurs. I saw It's it. uh, classy and creepy <laughs> all at the same time. Can't wait to hang it up. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's like Corbo surrounded by a bunch of flowers. I love it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, oh, Matt in, Katina R, Robert P, and Taylor C sent us some custom dice towers. We've got a Vervain Industries elixir bottle, a Bookvar, a Mumford and Children's Stein, uh, and of course a Jill and Tucker branded tower as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now it's it's fully official. Um, yeah, I don't know why they would need to roll dice, but now they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh, uh, Noah JB sent us a care package of Virginian snacks, including one of my favorites, moon pies. Uh, oh, they also sent us a 5E supplement called Humblewood. That's basically an oops, all familiar setting. There's even a pigeon folk race. Uh, Murph, I'm sure that you're excited about that, but you cannot weigh in. So I'll just keep rolling. <laughs> Muktada M sent us a dice jail for when our dice are being bad little cubes. Thank you God. so much, Muktada. Could have used that. We're so happy we could be there for you this past year. Um, and let's see, I got one or two more. Annie B sent us a lovely note and some homemade band of boobs keychains. I'm going to attach nice. the P.O. box key to mine. Uh, and then lastly, Lars Eric E sent us a copy of their homebrew adventure, The Evil at Raw Manor. It is available on the DMs Guild website if you want to check it out. Thank you so much, Lars. Thanks to everyone that sent us stuff. It's always a, a pleasure to basically get an entire extra Christmas when I go to the P.O. Box. So thank you very much. Uh, and that yeah. is, that's me for this week. And yeah, guys, you can uh, follow us all on social media that we may or may not use. <laughs> at CHMurp is Murp. At EAxpert is Emily. At Caldy is Caldwell. And at Jake Hurwitz is me. And you can tweet about the show using, using hashtag NADPOD. That's N-A-D-D. P-O-D. We are, we are the, the youth, youth of the nation. We are, we are, we are, we are the youth, the youth of, the of the nation. It's the end of the show, everyone, and you know what that means. We need to shout out our benevolent council of elders, starting with Brad D, Jeffrey S, Haldor Frostbach, Steelbreaker, Matt M, and Darby M. Celebrity chefs of Asmodia, they recently joined forces in an attempt to create the most cursed dish of all, a tapas plate that's as big as an entree. It's madness, I say, madness. Jordan DJ, Cutter W, Jive G, Dylan B, and Dungeon Mama. Scholarly wizards who created the spell to detect if a commoner is secretly a super-skilled sleeper agent. They call it the Born Identify. 
Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beardman Dan, Scott D, and Danny P. Employees at Elan Inc. Their occupations may be morally gray, but their teeth are pearly white. Seriously, the company's dental plan is unreal. Mixologist Michael McD, Vincent W, Nicole T, Victor T, Balnor's boy, and Justin I. Treants that gave up on dragon riding to focus on horses instead. Using the apples that grow from their branches, they were able to quickly bond with their mounts, and now these treequestrians dominate the world of dressage. Ragnar Fairdwin, TJM the Gnome Barbarian, Kaylee E, Elena M, Trailer the Crayfay, and Jared E. A team of Frostwind dwarves and giants that have put aside their differences to defeat their greatest enemy, the immortal snow being known only as Olaf. Austin M.R., Damiel R., cyborg version of Josh the Kobold, Danny C., Philbert the Fabulous, and Richard X. Machina, Cragwater dwarves who found a vast horde of Werther's originals while exploring the wreckage of Galateron. However, before they could pick up even one Werther, they felt a chill down their spine and heard a voice behind whisper, Such fresh children. Michael L., Trust the Traveler, Sir Carl, Jory S., and Callum L., artisans commissioned by the Bon Frères to build a giant gold statue of Hungry Dave, who, ironically enough, perished while trying to eat a giant gold statue. Jack L., Sam L., Nicholas C., Sam B., and Mike H., descendants of Denny Pebblepot. They are all ten times as craven as their ancestor and will most likely be hiding for the majority of Campaign 3, but trust us, they're there. Udisha Mulek, the Baby Bronze Dragon, Matthew E, Colton B, Adam G, Megan S, and Nabadger. A gang of awakened possums currently planning an elaborate heist on a casino in Vegas. If they pull this off, it'll be the last job they ever do. Oh, Melora, that's a lot of brown leaves. Panama James, Cummins the Bard, Captain Sigil, Nathan C., and Diana, wanderers of the living wood who swear you can find the crick if you just follow the smell of jambalaya and juvenile arson. C.C. Lulu, Barnesinator, Michelle O., Alex W., and Timmy R., the dietitians who've confirmed that Nana Kindleaf was right, a diet of Werther's and Spite is the key to a long life. Jonathan W., the crock-wearing warrior, Lucas B., Aaron S., Hits Kevin, and Bionic Pookie. The food critics in Asmodia who have the difficult job of coming up with new ways to say amazing, stunning, unbelievable. New York, Cass, Stephen C., Michael M., Mike K., and Lady Taco. Dragon Racers. Like dragon riders, but even more of adrenaline junkies. The biggest risk is actually how mad the dragons get when you paint racing stripes on them. Joy T, Nara, Jake L, Nick W, Brave the Badger, and Esme M, Alana Inc. scientists who really wish people would call them wizards. Scientists is just so clinical, and mass-producing shield spells doesn't make you not magical, okay? Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing. Big Beardo the Mad, Giant Monsters on the Horizon, and Gulia Julia, the ghosts of all the NPCs who didn't make it to Batumia. Maybe they can make an appearance as ghosts, though, please, Merv? Thrath, Burly T, Percival Frederick Stein von Musel, Klossowski de Rolo III, Christian A, J Dragonborn, and Joro the Inappropro. 
Frigid North Hot Springs owners who are desperate for some screen time in Bohemia this time around. They want that tourism boost. Cody B, Liam D, The Sandrean, Ben A, Feldonis, and Dave H. The Pebble Pot Priory, which has emerged in New Bohemia as a religious sect that practices the gentle art of cowardice. Vivian, Koala Bear, Catherine S, David K, Christian S, and Dustin S, Drake Elves. They actually have nothing to do with the lesser cousins of dragons, drakes. They just love the Canadian rapper and Degrassi star. Connor F. Hawkeye Pierce. Isabel F. Kyle H. The Time Walker. Emilio D. Two Left Eyes. And DPC is awesome. The famous dragon riding trees. These saplings love to feel the air in their leaves as their mount destroys a village. Blair the Bug. Blair Barbarian. Cat C. Porkchop, Chanel M, Velociraptor, and Minette F. Bohemian writers who have had a busy few decades writing obituaries for all your favorite characters. Bonky Fiasco, Pat L, Achutha A, Lauren H, Amber W, aka Hazelbat Latte, and Joshua D, Elias Hawthorne. The Keepers of the Crick. These elves will never reveal where the Crick's gone. Unless you offer them a beer or ask, like, really nicely. Ryan S., The Bone Duster, Robert Crisp, Brentley C., Micah B., and Patrick H. Food truck owners in Asmodia. That's right. Murph's badass Cursed City is now canonically a culinary destination. Ploops, Carly Ann, Addie Birdie Save K., Lori P., Seth AJ, Spam Gaming the Not-So-Skilled Gamer, and... Connor Savage. Gladehome University commuters. These unfortunate souls have to plane shift from the material plane every single day just to get to class on time. Christopher J. Pepplepot, Logan S., Leviathan, BioCourt 7, Remington CD, and Amber Dextrous. Caldwell's Bullywug family. They're all super close and have perfect dental health. Thrill of the Fright. Sullivan H., Trub Hop Dropper, Sydney T., Matt Y., and Alex C., a squad of dragon elves in a war with dragon riding trees for their right to be the sole crew of badass dragon riders. Lindsay W., Juicy Kiwi, Champ Wild, Valen, Sprite Pepsi, and Carlin C., members of the Cult of Pendergreens. These cultists keep his influence on the material plane alive by hoarding Mountain Dew and owning noobs at Rocket League. Sid B, Jake, Sessie A, Matthew J, T.R.A.P, and Noah, an adventuring crew currently on a winning streak in Vegas. They've already won big at Blackjack, and they got their own Balnor from the deck of many things. Estelle, Baron S. Sebastian's romance partner from the Baronies, conflicted DM, Justin L.B., Dandy, and Richard G., the team of chauffeurs it takes to transport one single Triss. Triss is known to want to ride to the mall on her whim, so it takes this many drivers to be on standby. M. Barber, Marcus P., Pup Kalish, Gabrielle M., Learns the Balance Druid, and Dakota J.P. Trees trying to train dragons so they can ride them. So far, it's mostly resulted in forest fires. Pagos, self-proclaimed fey prince, Katrin, Tracy P., the Crickell Librarian, Andy E., Lisa M., and Holly Hyena.
obituary writers for the Bohemia Times who are honestly just really confused as to who is dead or not. So they're just writing the same obituary for Hungry Dave over and over again. Anthony A., Leah C., Abigail, May B., Egg Infinitum, and Sloth King. Seven, seven, seven. Food bloggers who make an annual pilgrimage to Osmodia to eat the cursed cuisine. It's cursed because once you've eaten food in Osmodia, you will never like your hometown food again. Cal Just Cal, Commodore Galaxy, Edison N, Russell H, a monk named Dilgo, and Neos, the novice monster hunter. Cabaret dancers in a Fagus show. There's no trick to how fast they move their legs during the can-can, that's just pure talent. Lorelai and Kira Frost, Morgan M, Sticker, Zachary A, Stephen E, and Mr. Adams. Sweater knitters in the frigid north who make a living knitting one single giant sweater for Jake's character every year. Megan F, James F, Jimmy A, Penguin Crusader, Cap'n Cappy, and M4L. Lawyers who sued Worthers for the untimely death of Nana Kindleaf and who to this day are the richest people in Hillhome. Their last name does happen to be Pebblepot, unfortunately. Rigby M, the Dragon Ambassador, Wayfarer, Andrew B, Dalton B, and Copefresh. Frost giants who still harbor a little beef with the frost dwarfs, but only let their animosity out in really small, petty ways, which is, it, it's healthy. It is. And that's it. That is our Benevolent Council of Elders. We are so excited to start this new campaign, and we thank you all for supporting us so that we can do so. Goodbye, sweeties. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>